Welcome to FOP Church Message of the Week. We pray you are challenged by the Word. For more information, please visit www.fhop.church. Here's what I want to start with today. Look right here. Healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. Healthy plants grow. Healthy kids grow. Healthy individuals grow. And I want to say this, healthy churches grow. And that's a revelation we had this week, that healthy things grow. And I want to tell you right now that it is God's will for our church to grow. It is God's will for you as an individual to grow. God wants us to grow. He wants you to grow. And, 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 and this is the thing. Our church growth versus another church's growth, like, do you realize we're not comparing ourselves to anybody else? We just have to be faithful with what God's called us to do. And did you know your growth might look different than your growth? Like, you're not comparing each other to each other, right? Different, different types of plants grow differently. If I compare an oak tree to a dogwood tree, oh, I don't know why you're not growing as tall as he is. That's because it's doing what it's supposed to do. It grows in the way that it's supposed to grow. But healthy things still grow. They might grow differently, but they still grow. Healthy things grow. So what makes you grow? There's a lot of things that make you grow. Um, we can go to Jesus, you know, you're like, you got to have the, you know, the word, the seed goes into the ground. You have to have a good environment for things to grow, a healthy environment. And then that word goes in and Jesus talked about himself as a seed that goes in the ground and dies. Sometimes things have to die for things to grow. And we know that as things grow, and these are things we've talked about in, in times past, that as things grow and bear fruit, then sometimes things are pruned. So more things can grow. Things are cut away. So more things can grow. And I, I want to I say this morning, oh man, I'm going to be all over the place. I already know. Talk about calling an audible. It's just going to come out. Guys, I'm sorry. I'm already off my notes. We're just going to go with whatever's coming out. And the, when we get to done, it'll be the word. Um, like, like, in John 15, Jesus says, he says, that he'll use the word to clean you, to prune you, so that you can bear more fruit. And so my question is, what does God need to clean off of you so that you can bear more fruit? And here's another thing to think about. Sometimes, sometimes, oh man, let's go to Psalms. Psalm says this, the Lord is my shepherd. It says what? Have you heard this psalm before? The Lord is my shepherd, right? It starts off with this, knowing who God is. Like, I know who God is. He is my shepherd in this psalm. And that's, that's that's like the beginning point of the entire 
Christian experiences know who God is, to know God. And you're going to hear that a lot over the next few weeks and months and years, is that the starting place for your Christian walk is this, know God, know who He is. So my question this morning is, do you know God? Do you know who He is? And as we read on, it says this, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. And, and this is something we looked at in our leadership conferences last week, but, but after you know God, after you're saved, the next thing you need is to be pastored is to be trained and when i say pastor don't just think like me up here like pastoring you no what i'm talking about is you guys pastoring each other now i get it i'm i'll pastor i'm not trying to say hey let's work for me you guys pastor each other that's not what i'm saying there is such thing as pastored but there's this thing where iron sharpens iron where the people of god push the people of god and when I love this verse here, it says that I walk, uh, it says he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Like, here's God. He's saying, we're going to go, we're going we're to do it like, here's my word. His word is that pathway, right? Here's my word. Receive my word. And we see that all through scripture is it's his word. In fact, when we're talking about discipleship, we do this thing called the learning circle. And what it says is, 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 the kingdom of God is here. God is close. Know Him. Repent and believe the good news. Change your mind and believe the Word. So if the first thing we do as a church is to know God, the second thing we have to do is find His Word. We have to hear Him. We have to hear God. You need to know His Word. And, and can I tell you, like, sometimes his word is really challenging. Sometimes I read this, and I do not like what it says. I read this, and, and it's, it's a challenge. And, and here's the thing, it's resistance. Do you guys know about resistance? Everyone used, ever used a resistance band before? Ever have a resistance band slap you in the face? <laughs> um, for a while, I did CrossFit until I didn't anymore, but um, one thing that when I first started, I, I couldn't even do a pull-up, surprise, surprise. Um, I mean, I'm a buck 50 soaking wet, so uh, I couldn't even do a pull-up, so I got one of those bands, those big giant rubber bands, I put my foot in it, and it would help me, and then one day, the person coaching me was like, well, you've been using that band for a while, and you're getting really fast at those pull-ups, you should try this other band. And the band, it didn't have very much, you know, it was less resistance on the band, but means more resistance for me in the bar. And I didn't want to do that because it made it harder. But I did it because I was challenged to. And after a while, that got easy. And finally, they took away the band completely and said, now do a pull-up. I was very bad at them. I was very slow. But guess what? Over time, I could do a pull-up. Probably couldn't do a pull-up today. I don't know. I haven't tried in a while. 
Until one day they were like, hey, you're doing pretty good on those pull-ups. You should try a muscle-up. You know what a muscle-up is? It's like what those gymnasts do where they go up above the bar like, like that. I'm like, that's never happening, ever, ever, until it did. And I definitely couldn't do that today. The point is, is you need people in your life to push you beyond what you think you can do. And here's, can I ask you a question? Who's putting resistance in your life? Who's putting resistance in your life? If you're comfortable with everything in your life, and I don't mean like, like the bad situations. Like, I mean, there's a, all of us have this crap in our life that's not comfortable. I'm not talking about that. That's crap. The reason that's not comfortable is because it's crap. You're not supposed to sit in crap. Um, ask any baby. I'm talking about the areas of your life are like, well, I'm fine. I'm good here. I'm good. Are you growing? Like if you look at your life over the last month, two months, three months, have you grown? Have you grown? Physically? Emotionally? Spiritually? In the Word? Have you grown? And I don't, like, I, once again, I can't compare growth. We're talking about oak trees and dogwoods right now. It's not me up here saying, let me tell you here, let's go through the room and I'll tell you how I think everyone's growing. Okay, you, no, that's not that. This is a question between you and God because you can fake growth to me. You can completely fake it. Ken, you could be faking this whole time and none of us know. I, I know, I don't know. Like, like, we don't know. None of us know. But you have to decide, are you growing because here's the deal, if you're not finding any resistance in your life, if you're not putting people in your life, getting in the Word to the point where it challenges you, that means you're not having resistance, so you can't grow. Weightlisters use resistance so they can grow. And here's the thing, I want to go back to this, healthy things grow. So what that means, if you're avoiding resistance, you're avoiding growth. No, I don't want to be in discipleship or di disciple-making small groups. Um, Got to get my own language right. Uh, I don't want to be in that because I know they'll challenge me. I don't have time for that. Guys, listen, it's really easy just to sit on the couch with a bag of potato chips and just watch Netflix. Like, that is like the best day. Except it's not, is it? One, you've ever had one of those days you spend the whole day, you're like, this is great. And then you get to the end of the day, or two days, or a week, and you're like, I feel disgusting. We all know it's true, because that's the way God made us. And so I'm saying, come and be in our disciple-making culture. And you're saying, yeah, but you guys might get into things that make me uncomfortable. We might get into your business. But maybe that's what God wants is for us to get into your business. Maybe. Because healthy things grow. What area of your life do you need to grow in? Here's the Lord's plan. He wants to lie you down in green pastures. He wants to restore your soul. He wants to lead you in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He wants to make you healthy. He wants to make you healthy. He wants to get you into green pastures, not bags of potato chips. 
his pastures. And so, and so this is the word. This is eating on the word. This is us growing in the word. Let's walk in his path. How do we know his path? We find his path where? In the word. Everyone say word. Word. Guess where we find freedom? Where? In his word. That's what it tells us in John that we're free because of his word. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so it's his word. His word makes us free. And the reason we want to get you into a small group so bad is because when we get you into a small group, guess what we're going to do? We're going to go to the word. And when you get your life involved in the word, guess what you're going to find? Freedom. When, you th- when I think of the word freedom, I think of a green pasture. I mean, right? I think of that, that you guys, I don't know if you remember, that window screensaver of the big green hill. You know, just like whew, the sun on it, green pastures. I am free. I mean, just breathe that in for a second. I'm, I think I'm going to go find a pasture today. It's not too hot. can't be hot. There's freedom. Lost people need to be saved. We need to know God. Saved people need to be pastored. They need the word. We need to be challenged. We need to find freedom. Say the word. Say the word. But then it goes on to say this in verse 4 of Psalm 23. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your rod and your staff. Lost people need to be saved, and saved need to be pastored, and pastored people need to be trained. You know what you do with a rod and a staff? You discipline, you train. You train. You know what a shepherd does when he sees you're supposed to be going along the path here. Hey, wait a minute, you're not going in my way. What does he do? You get back where you're supposed to be. And if something else comes along, you beat it over the head. It teaches us to walk in his ways. We're trained. We walk in his ways. And as we walk in his ways, we discover our purpose. Right? We walk in his ways, we discover our purpose. And it's this training, it's this discipline. And discipline, as we just talked about, discipline can seem, it can seem tough while you're walking through it. But here's the deal. We have to be not just hearers of the word, but but doers. And so this whole idea of hearing the word and then walking in the ways of the word. And that's a whole other reason that we want you to be in a disciple-making culture is because we want to not just give you the Word. The problem with Sunday morning is all I can do is bring you the Word. But I can't actually help you walk in His ways because I'm not with you. I can't say, okay, everybody, let's, um, you know, let's stop wasting time in our lives and be more focused with our time. And all of you will nod yes. But I can't go, okay, Robert, have you been wasting time? Uh, yeah, and then we have this dialogue. Uh, that'd be embarrassing to do in front of a group of church. But if, if we're in a small group, I can be like, hey, Robert, have you been wasting time? And all of a sudden, Robert opens up. And now I can help wa- Robert walk in his ways. 
So he's finding freedom, and now he's discovering his purpose. He's discovering his purpose as he walks in his ways. Are you guys with me this morning? Receive his word, walk in his ways. Receive his word, walk in his ways. Receive his word, walk in his ways. Find your freedom, discover your purpose. This is where we're living right now. It ends like this. And then I got a few more things. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Is he just bragging or what? I don't know. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When I get right here, at this point in the psalm, this guy's become so abundantly blessed that it's just overflowing out of him, which means it has to be touching other people so much so that God's confident enough to sit him down with his enemies. So now all of a sudden, instead of just being a little sheep, all of a sudden you've become missional. You're hanging out with your enemies. You're overflowing. Your blessing is overflowing on the others. You become mobilized. So if lost people need to get saved and saved people need to get pastored, pastored people need to be trained, Trained people need to be mobilized and so fulfill the great commission to go. To go. Everyone say go. Do his works. Say do his works. And so this is, we, we, we receive his word, we walk in his ways, and then we do his works. Right? And so do you have that triangle thingy up there? I don't know. I just, let's just throw it up there. If, there it is. We receive his word, we walk in his ways, and we do his works. That's after we know him. And my question is, where are you? Where are you in this step process? Do you receive the word? First of all, do you know God? Have you been saved? Do you, do you know the shepherd? Have you seen him? Have you met him? And if you've met him, have you received his word? Are you hearing him? And if you've heard him, are you walking in the ways that he has told you? And if you're walking in his ways, maybe that's where you are. Are you doing his works? Where are you in this process? Where are you in this 23rd Psalm? Have you met the shepherd? Are you in the green pastures? Are you being guided with the discipline of, of the rod and the staff? Or are you overflowing to touch other people? Where are you in the 23rd Psalm? Go with me, if you will, to Mark chapter 16. And we'll just leave, leave that triangle up there. It's a triangle. And if you're listening at home, the triangle says words, ways, and works. In Mark chapter 16, this is Jesus. Now, let me provide the context for this. Jesus, he comes into the world. He grabs some guys. He says, follow me. Follow me. These guys leave everything behind to follow Jesus. Jesus disciples them. He trains them. He teaches them. And then he dies on a cross. After inviting them to the party of his resurrection, none of them show up, by the way. He tells them several times. The girls and I are reading through Mark together right now. And 
And they're, the thing that girls keep laughing at is how many times Jesus says, I will be put to death, and three days later, I will rise from the dead. How many times does he tell them? Over and over again. Guess who shows up when he rises from the dead? Nobody. The people who do show up aren't coming because they expect him risen from the dead. They're coming because he's dead to them. So he rises from the dead, which blows everyone's mind. Guys, this is, oh, like I wish I could have been there on that day. I wish I could have been there on that day. So here we are in the long ending of Mark. And it says in verse 15, it says this, And he said to them, Go into the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. He's telling them what? Know God. Tell the world they need to know God. Tell the world they need to go know God. It says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Believes what? The words they hear. Believes the words. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And it says, whoever does not believe will be condemned. And then it says this, and these signs will accompany those that believe. So if you believe these signs, there'll be evidence you're walking in His ways. Do you see that? These signs will follow those that believe. And it, it says all these things that they will do. And then it says this, So then the Lord Jesus, after having spoken to them, was taken up to the heaven and sat down on the right hand of God. And it says, And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs and wonders, they did the works. They did the works. They heard the words, they walked in His ways, and they did the works. Go with me to Colossians chapter 28. Colossians, I say chapter 28. Colossians chapter 1, there is no chapter 28. Chapter 1, yeah, this is, this is the Drew version. Oh, the Drew version's an evil version. Let's not go there. It's not good. I, I just want again to say that you need to be challenged. You need resistance in your life so you can grow. You need resistance in your life so you can grow. You need water in your life so you can grow. You need the light exposed to your life so you can grow. Healthy things grow. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 28, it says this. It says, him we proclaim. Him we proclaim. We want people to what? Know God. Say know God. We want people to know God. It says warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom. What are we doing? We're giving people word. Right? The words. 
that we may prevent, or excuse me, that we may present everyone, not prevent, present everyone mature in Christ. We want to present everyone mature in Christ, doing what? Walking in His ways. For this I toil, struggle with all energy, that He might powerfully work in me. Doing what? His works. That we may do His works. And I want to pause right here. When I say His works, I'm not talking about works that we think save us. I'm talking about works that come out of the overflow of having been filled, after having drunk that living water. As we talked about the, the woman at the well a week or two or three ago, whenever it was, that, that if you drink that living water, it comes flowing out of you. The works just come flowing out of you. And, and can I say this? There are works empowered by the Holy Spirit. If you think you can do them on your own, some people, they start at the back end of this. They start with the works. Well, if I can do the works, then I can prove that I'm a person of God. And those, as what we talked a while ago, Ken, those are the people faking it. Not that Ken is faking it. I will say this. There's been days where we've all faked it. We've all faked it. Because we start with the works, we don't start with knowing God. You have to start with knowing God and then being empowered by the Holy Spirit to do His work. And I, I, that's, I'll talk about, if you're talking about language you want to hear in, the, in this church, I want to hear the words empowered by the Holy Spirit a lot around here. Because that's the way we need to be moving and living. Pastor Drew, I can't. I know you can't. I know you can't do things. There's things you're scared to do. There's, you don't have the confidence to do it. You don't have the ability to do it. All reason says you shouldn't be able to do it. But I'm reminded of a man who denied Jesus three times and then was empowered by the Holy Spirit and then could. So all your excuses are for not. He denied Jesus to a little teenage girl and then stood up amongst all these people who had crucified Jesus just a few weeks earlier and said, the same Jesus that you crucified is both Savior and Lord. And that's really what, the, you want me to break, some, some of this will connect with some of you. This is what this is. Knowing God, that's Jesus' Savior. Walking His words, works, and ways, or way, words, ways, and works, that's knowing Him as Lord. Jesus is both Savior and Lord. And so go with me to Hebrews, because it's just, Hebrews is fun. And my question again is, where are you on this? Where are, are you receiving the word? Most of you at least know him and are receiving his word. Some of us are walking in his ways and some of us are doing his works. I'll be honest, the works things, it's hard. Even in our, in our disciple-making groups, we're, we're, we're talking about going on mission, doing things to proclaim Jesus Christ. And, and if you ask us, that's the hardest one, isn't it, guys? Is that like, okay, what are we going to do to go on mission to proclaim the message? Because that's, I mean, you've got to think, when Jesus, when Jesus gets up 
at the Great Commission in Matthew 28, he tells them, go into all the world. He's saying, okay, I'm trying to mobilize you. You guys, listen, I've, uh, you've done all these things. Now it's time for you to go. And we think, oh man, it's so hard. But of course it's hard to think about it in the natural because we're not being empowered by the Holy Spirit. We try to work it up on our own. Let's start with knowing God. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, long ago, a long, long time ago, at many times and in many ways. So it wasn't just it wasn't just a moment, one time. No, no. Many times in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. He revealed himself. You know why? He wanted people to what? Know God. Are you with me yet? You you discovered a pattern to this yet? He wanted people to know God. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things. Through him, he also created the world. Talking about Jesus. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty. Having become as much superior to the angels as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. And, and then he goes on this tangent of all these songs of just saying like, like, Jesus is awesome. That's what the rest of chapter one is. It's just like, Jesus is awesome. Then you get to chapter two. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard the what the word lest we drift away oh lest we don't walk in his ways is what it's saying we have to pay attention to the word and if we go on like guys we could we could go through this whole book and we would find this know god hear his word walk in his ways do his works over and over and over and over again and my question for you again is where are you on that of course, the way we're going to say it, can you do the one with the picture and the, the thing with the thing? So, no, not that one. No, that's one. This is what we're saying is to know God, to get in his word, is to, to, to find freedom. To walk in his ways is to discover your purpose. Some of you are like, I don't know what purpose is. Your purpose is to walk in his ways. And then make a difference. That's being empowered by the Holy Spirit to do his works to know God, to find freedom, to discover purpose, and to make a difference. Know God, know His Word, walk in His ways, do His works. I've given you two ways to remember it this morning. You'll probably see this one much more because this right here makes more sense to an unbeliever when they walk in. That This is where we want. And my question to any person that walks in is, where are you on these steps? Do you know Him? Have you found freedom through the Word of God? Have you discovered your purpose as you're obedient to the Word and walk in His ways? And are you doing His works and making a difference in the world around you? Where are you in that? If these are steps, where are you on those steps? And the answer is different. But, but to say, well, I'm good where I'm at, if all you ever do is come to this church and go to church on Sunday morning, the deepest you'll get is knowing God. Which is pretty powerful. Let's, I mean, let's, 
That's a pretty powerful thing to know. But you won't grow. And you know what I know about growing? Healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. Healthy things move. If something doesn't move, it's dead or asleep. Scripture tells us that faith without works, that it's not moving. Poke it with a stick. It's dead. Healthy things grow. Healthy things move. I, I, I'm thinking about a pond. A pond where the water never flows through. And after a while it just becomes stagnant. Just stagnant. Where we're supposed to be rivers of living water flowing up out of us to everyone. That, that our cup overflows. That even when we sit in the presence of our enemies. They're like, God's like, here, you sit here, man. I'm going to show you off to these guys because you're overflowing with blessing. And so where are you on this? No God. I mean, Jesus had another thing that has stuck out to us as we've read through the accounts of the Gospels is the multitudes that would follow Jesus. The Sunday morning crowd that would come around they would know God. They would come and follow. And then Jesus would say something really crazy like, unless you're willing to eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't come with me. He's calling them to come and die. And what would happen to the multitudes? That's weird. Bye. Jesus, I'll follow you. Some of them came ready to follow. And Jesus then would say, okay, but you're also going to have to die. You're going to have to say goodbye to your stuff. You're going to have to say goodbye to your family. You're going to have to die to yourself. And when he said that, they said, uh, maybe not. I'll come and follow. I want to know God, but I don't want to come and die. Because what we know is if you die, then you truly live. You find freedom. And once you get there, once you finally die and find freedom, there's true fellowship as you discover your purpose. There's true fellowship. Jesus said, I don't call you slaves anymore, but I call you friends. There's true fellowship. And those of you in discipleship, that's the third phase of discipleship that we haven't talked about much. And then that making a difference of going into the world and calling others to come and follow. And now you're a disciple maker making more disciples. You're a disciple making disciples. Healthy things grow. Say that. Healthy things grow. I have an oak tree and I plant the seed. I should get another oak tree. Or guys, where's my guys at? A walnut? If we take a walnut, we plant that, what are we going to get? Stained hands and a walnut tree, right? Right? Are they still stained? It was only a week ago, man. 
<laughs> it can't be three weeks. It was only a week ago. Three days. I'll take three days. If walnut trees make walnut seeds that make walnuts, and oak trees do the same, and apple trees do the same, if I'm a disciple, what should I be making? What should I be making? Come on, I know it's hard. This is resistance right now. This is resistance right now. I can't make disciples. Yes, you can. Maybe you're just not, maybe you're just not here yet. Maybe you're like, okay, Pastor Drew, I, I, know the, I know God. I'm in the Word. But I need you to help me walk in His ways and do His works. Then I would say, that's my job as your pastor. I will walk you there. I will get you there. But you have to be willing to move yourself you have to be willing to take that next step and say okay i'm walking his ways but i'm not doing his works then then let's get you there but sitting home on your couch being lonely isn't going to get you there it's going to take you being involved and i don't know how many times i've had people over the years come to me and be like i just i just don't feel like i'm involved in your church i just which is weird because i've had in the past i've had two people walking to our church the same day new guests and both of them six months later both of them describe our church completely different and that's weird to me listen you can take a horse to water but you can't make them drink. I'm not going to force you to get involved in our disciple-making culture. I'm not. And if that's the kind of church you want, I I felt the spirit of my father upon me for a moment. I'm going to back up. If that's the kind of church you want, please come talk to me for a while. Lord, thank you. For your grace. Um, but, but, but for real. It says in Scripture, was it Paul said in one place, some of you ought to be teachers by now. But we're still spoon feeding you. We're still bottle feeding you. You're still on milk when you should have been on meat. And, and, and listen, healthy things grow. If you're waiting for me to call you and ask you to get involved individually you could be waiting for a while because my heart is this church gets so big that i there's no way i can call everybody what am i doing i'm inviting you i'm inviting you to be part of a disciple making culture next sunday or monday night some of you my schedule doesn't work with that but i still want to be a part then just reach out to me I'm calling you to follow. I'm calling you to follow. Oh, Sunday night? Mon- it'll be Monday at uh, uh, 6.30. Monday at 6.30. Sunday, 
we'll have to talk about because there's specific groups that do their own thing. It's different for the different groups. So, yeah. So we'll have to talk about Sunday. But Monday's easy. Monday at 6.30. Cause, and we'll be right up here in the coffee shop. Um, and, and it's potluck, so bring some food. Except <laughs> there's one more thing I need to talk. That brings me in. I'm, I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to talk about this one more thing real quick. But um, I'm inviting you to come and follow. To help us move you. So you could, listen, Jesus didn't die on the cross just so we could have good worship services. And this morning was an incredible worship service. Jesus died on the cross. He came to seek and save the lost. And so we should be bringing lost people in here. And that includes Drew Killingsworth, who needs to be going out and trying to reach lost people. That's, that's on me. I'm preaching to me right now. Well, it's time. It's time. You know why? Because healthy things grow. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. Your word is truth. God, we want to know you. We want to know your word. God, we want to walk in your ways. and We want to do your, your works, Father God. Not so that we can say, hey, look, I'm healthy, I'm growing. But God, because we truly know that your heart is that none should perish, that all should come to repentance. God, heaven and hell are real places, Father and it's imperative that we plug into what you want to do, God. And we see it in Scripture time and time again from the children of Israel who were released from, from, from bondage of slavery to, to the New Testament churches, God. Over and over again, we see people knowing you, finding freedom, discovering their purpose, and then being empowered by the Holy Spirit to make a difference. And so, God, we say yes, Lord God, and we examine ourselves, each one individually, of where am I in these steps and how do I move forward? How do I grow to be the person that you've called me to be? God, and we thank you for what you're going to do in us and through us. God, we're thankful, God, that you even consider using Forerunner House of Prayer as an instrument in the kingdom of God. God, let us truly be kingdom people who shift our thinking. Lord God, to be beyond ourselves and beyond our walls so that we can grow. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus. And if, if this is your heart, if, if what I've preached this morning, ministry, if you're saying yes to this, would you just shout yes right now? Would you just shout yes? Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, including service times, contact information, and online giving, please visit www.fhop.church. 